talk to you about being all in with God, being all in with God. And, and it, it really probably, I mean, you're wondering why we didn't start with that, right? Start with that, because it is the biggest all in that we could have in our lives, and that is being all in with God. It starts there. But we wanted to put a container. Last week was the local church. We wanted to put a container to talk about today's message, being all in with God, because God doesn't want you just to be all in. He wants you to be all in and on the right bus, on the right seat, in the right place, doing the right thing. And that happens through the local church. And so but we are going to talk about God today. Last week, we used this scripture out of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it to you in the message, uh, paraphrase, because it just says it in a unique way. It says this. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Come on, somebody say, that's me. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out and readily recognize that he, uh, what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Today, God's inviting us all to go all in with him. Let's pray. Father, come on. We just, we just say we need you. We need help in this area because so often we get on the throne. Self gets on the throne and that's all we can think about. And God, we need to lay that down today and go all in with you. So we're inviting you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. We're inviting you today to expose some things in us that could be uh, hurdles, could be hindrances to being all in with you. And God, I'm praying that you'd speak to me and us in a way that changes everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jesus is on the scene. He's walking through the countryside. He's walking through the cities. He's got his disciples walking with him. A large crowd was following him, and he said this. He said this in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. He said that he turned around, and he said to his disciples, the crowd that was, was, was the entourage following him, if you, come on, somebody say me. If you want to be my disciple, you must hate what a strong word. You must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, and I just, I can almost imagine him just drawing a line in the sand right there saying, otherwise you can't be my disciple. Jesus sets the bar high. It's almost like he wanted to create a moment of tension for his disciples, for the people around, for us today. A moment of tension, a reality check. You see, God doesn't necessarily like competition. In the Bible, we see where God talks about himself being a jealous God. And that word jealousy, it's in a healthy context. God loves you. He made you. He, he has a tremendous plan for you. And he wants that plan to, to develop and blossom and be fruitful. And, and he can make that happen, but not if there's competition. 
in our eyes, in our lives, if there's competition, if there are other things drawing us away, we're not going to fulfill the plan that God has for our lives. We're not going to fulfill and be fruitful the plan that God has designed from the foundations of the world specifically for us, uniquely for us. And Jesus was kind of drawing the line of sand here saying, guys, you've got to get this. If you don't go all in, if you don't give it all to me and put me first, truly first, not just in your intentions, but in your actions, you're going to fall short. You're not going to be a, a, a disciple, a student of the master, a student of the creator. I don't know what the people thought right then. In another passage of scripture, he, 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 went, he threw down, man. He threw down. He didn't just sing songs and talk about the communion elements being the blood in the body of Christ. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have nothing to do with me. And people left that day. I don't know, man. They were like, ew, I'm out. <laughs> he even looked at the disciples and said, what about you guys? And they're like, man, we ain't got nowhere else to go, dude. We, we gave it all up for you. We're all in, right? We're all in. It's kind of like in marriage. Kind of like in marriage, you know, I mean, this is, this is so obvious if you're married. Um, but when you, when you walk that aisle to get married to, to, to do the wedding ceremony and, and you stand before that minister or that, or that justice of the peace, whoever it is, usually for us, a lot of us it was ministers, but you stand before that minister. Can you imagine, ladies, could you imagine standing there and the minister, you know, says, do you, do you commit to have and to hold and to, to serve and to honor and to, to death do us part. Can you imagine, ladies, if, if that man sitting beside you or standing beside you there when he, when he should be saying, I do, if he says, well, I do mostly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, 98% yes. Imagine that. Imagine, guys, if, if, if that woman, that bride, were to say, you know what? I'm going to give myself completely to you except one day a year where I'm free to go out and date. You know what I'm saying? How many of you would be like, oh, absolutely. What a great package deal right there. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I think we'd have a lot of walkouts right there. Wouldn't you say? Maybe some of you have experienced that. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring it back up. But. but why would God, why would God, why would God, knowing us and knowing our frailties, knowing our sin nature, why would he not set the bar high and ask for an all in, Right? God doesn't like competition. That next scripture after that says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Here again, I don't know that the disciples were like, this don't make no sense. I mean, what, what does this mean? And Jesus is setting the bar high and he's saying, if you don't take up your cross, if you don't take up the responsibility to be all in, you see, Jesus knew he was headed to a cross where he would take full responsibility for the world. And he didn't ask you to do that. He was willing to do that. But he knew for our own good and for his glory, we had to also pick up a cross. Not his cross, not their cross, but our cross. A cross to bear, a weight, a responsibility to go all in. If we're not willing to go all in with God, we will fall short. But if we are to be all in with God, we must understand that Jesus has to be so much more than just our Savior. Come on, somebody say Savior. 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 You remember the day you got saved? 
Remember the day you got saved, you, you might've walked an aisle, you made a prayer, prayer. You, may have done, you might've been here, may have been in another church, may have been a little kid. You got saved. Jesus became your savior. He saved me, man. I'm saved. How many say, I'm saved. You're saved, we're saved. We're saved. And this thing of savior, it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal. That's why we do communion. It reminds us of the blood sacrifice. It reminds us of the broken body that Christ was willing to lay down for us. Uh, we say things like, you know, uh, that if we were the only human left on earth, Jesus would have done it again for us. He would do it for us because he loves us that much. And God loves us and he saves us. And we walk in this salvation. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that we're confused about that in most cases. But here we see that in order to be all in, Jesus has to be more than just a savior. Say, being saved and walking out our salvation is a huge part, but we, we have to make him our Lord our Lord. Well, somebody say Lord. Lord. In the Greek text, the word Lord is kurios. It literally means master, owner, supreme in authority. Now, I would say probably part of the room today would right now say, yes, he's my Lord. There's some of you that maybe, I don't know if he's my Lord or not. There's some of us in here, you might be like, no, I need to make him my Lord. But when we come to the place where we realize God's got to be, Jesus has to be Lord of our lives, it's such a big ask. And that's why Jesus set the bar high. It's such a big ask because it has to go beyond our intentions. It has to go beyond, you know, I, I'm raising my kids and there's oftentimes Angela or I would, you know, ask the kids or not really asking. We, we diplomatically said, go clean your room. You know, I mean, we... Okay, we just told them, go clean your room. And, you know, they would go. And you know how kids can get distracted. You know, they're seven, eight years old. They get distracted. And they're playing G.I. Joe's when you walk in. The room's a mess. It's a wreck. And, and, and it, it was, they, it's not that they were being rebellious. It's just that they, they got distracted. Their intentions were to obey. But there wasn't, there wasn't enough fear of mom and dad. There wasn't enough to make them focus. And I do believe this about us as Christians. We make him savior, but there's just not enough. Maybe it's the fear of the Lord. I, I don't know. There's just not enough of this respect of God to make him our, our Lord also. And so what happens is we fail to obey God so many times. We fail. And Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? You know, you're my Lord, Lord. We call him Lord. Why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? So there's a direct tie-in between calling him Lord, letting him be our Lord, our master, our sovereign overall authority and our supreme being. There's a, there's a tie-in with, with calling him Lord and, and obedience. And obedience. God is God of love, God of grace, God of mercy. But he also is a God of justice and authority and obedience. And he does require obedience. It's not something we like to talk about a lot because it gets kind of tense. As a matter of fact, probably right now even, some of you are just kind of like getting tight because this word obedience, Jesus and obedience. So let me kind of pull a little pressure off just for a moment, then I'm going to put it back on, Okay. One of the things about being all in is that being all in with God is progressive. 
it is progressive. And so it starts with making him Lord, you know, the savior of your life. It starts with salvation. And it starts with being responsible for what you know early on. I've been saved for 26 years, 26 years ago or so. I, I gave my life to Christ and I knew enough to be obedient to a few things. But I didn't, I didn't know what I know today, right? You, you've been around a little while, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been saved since Moses, right? You know what I'm saying? And you know a lot more now and you are responsible to do a lot more. And there is a much greater responsibility to be obedient. But early on, I remember, I, I remember the little things that, that you know God would just tell me to do. You need to stop that. I remember the day I, I had thousands of dollars worth of CDs. Most of them were Garth Brooks and I'm not really a country guy. You know, it's weird. It's weird. I just liked Garth Brooks. I don't know why, but I had all kinds of, all kinds of CDs. Y'all remember some of y'all know CDs? And I had, uh, I had one of those rack systems, Mike Krause, you know what I'm talking about, bro. Me and you old school gangsters. We, we had these rack systems rack systems with the, the record player on top. Remember that? You had to lift it up, put the record. I didn't have any records, but I had the record player. And I remember, I remember the day God, God just still small voice. He, he said, I want, you to, I want you to throw away all of those CDs. A lot of money, thousands of dollars. And, and I, remember, I remember, like it was yesterday, having to obey God in, in a simple thing. See, that today would be, that's not even a challenge. But back then, it was huge. And I remember obeying in that. And he, he didn't tell me to do 10 other things or 50 other things like some of you would tell me to do if I got saved today. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking that. I wasn't supposed to say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Where was I? He just told me one thing. And I obeyed it, and it felt so good. So my point is that all in with God, being all in with God, and this is a little, little relief for some of you today, is that it's progressive. It is a journey. And the Holy Spirit will take you on this journey, and he will, he will tell you, do this. He will tell you, stop doing that. He will tell you, you're okay. He will tell you, this is going to really hurt later. He will tell you things like that. He will help lead you and guide you. There was a guy in the Bible named Peter. Most people, if you've read the Bible any length, you, you know about Peter. Peter was one of those guys. He was a fisherman, and Jesus came and called him off the boat and said, hey, come on and follow me, Peter. And Peter did and, and brought his brother along. And so they were just, he was just one of the gang, one of the posse. They would travel through. He got to see a lot. He got to see a lot of miracles. He watched Jesus multiply fish and loaves of bread into just feed thousands of people. And, and uh, Peter saw miracles. He saw people raised from the dead, people healed from leprosy. He just saw all kinds of stuff. And even one day, Peter was on a boat in a storm, and, and Jesus came walking, and, and, and they were looking at him like he was a ghost. And, 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 he, and he was like, no, it's not a ghost. It's really me. And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me walk on the water. And, and Jesus said, well, come on, dude, come out. You know, imagine that. Jesus said, come on out on the water. Imagine that, you know. Peter did. He stepped out of the boat and walked on water. But the same guy, Peter, same guy, Peter, we see him in, uh, in, in the last days of Jesus before he was crucified. We see Peter where he, he actually, I mean, he said things like, Lord, I'll die with you. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, even this very night, you're going to deny me three times. And that's exactly what he did. He denied that he even knew Christ. The Bible in some ways says he, he even cursed Christ. I don't know that, you know, expletive. And then we see Peter redeemed later in life. His walk with God was progressive. He got excited early on. He saw things. I'm sure he wanted to do them. He wanted to heal the sick. He wanted to raise the dead. He wanted to feed people. He walked on water. 
then he denied Christ in all of these elements of his journey, his progressive journey and going all in with God made up his story. And some of you are there today and, and all the things you've been through and all the failures and all the, all the wins, they make up your story. And it helps us as we go to recognize that in each one of these moments, it's, it's, it's given us opportunity to go all in with God. I've failed many times. I've not obeyed God. I've fallen short many times in 26 years. I hope that helps some of you. And God's grace has swept in and reminded me he loves me. He showed me what I did wrong and he said, now get up, let's go. And the progression continues. And we walk and we talk and we listen and we have opportunities to obey. Peter said this in his letter to the church, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. He said, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time, dear friends. Like, let me just tell you from my experiences. Be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of, of these wicked people or anybody, really. Don't let those folks out there, don't let other people steer you away from God and, and then lose your own secure footing. You've come too far. This has progressed so far. You've come so far. Rather, you must grow. Come on, somebody say grow. You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just your Savior, but your Lord and Savior. This progressive walk that we have with God is a growth journey. And we grow to know God through the experiences, the ups and the downs. I will tell you this. I think I know God better today because of my failures than I do because of the successes. I know God's grace very well because anybody else would have written me off because of my failures. God didn't write me off. And that speaks loud to me. How many of that speaks loud to you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So being all in with God is progressive. Another thing about being all in with God, it does speak to my responsibility, come on, our responsibility, to respond to God's leadership in our life. Jesus said, unless you take up your cross, don't just look at my cross and call me savior, but take up your cross and experience me as Lord. Unless you take up your cross. So there's a responsibility in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not the same. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price, right? I'm not in charge anymore. I'm not the old human-led, Mike-led man anymore. Now I am in Christ, and so I'm a new creation altogether, led by him as my Lord. Old things have passed away all things have become new. For many of us, those things progressively are coming new in our life as we surrender to God as our Lord. As we obey God, we're starting to see new life in us. The Bible talks about being saved as a one-time justification done deal, but then it also goes on to talk about salvation as something we walk out with fear and trembling. I believe because we're carrying a cross of our own, a responsibility in our walking out of our salvation because we know we want to get there, right? We want to get to the other side. We want to get to the finish line. We want the celebration to happen because we made it, not because we chose to bail. 
to fall away, to put our cross down and say, this is too hard. There's several things that we can do in going all in with God as our Lord, as our master. But really the biggest thing, if you don't leave with anything else today, this is the big thing. I must learn to surrender to the Holy Spirit's conviction. You know, God, through Jesus, told us that he wasn't going to leave us alone, right? So Jesus came, he lived, he died, he ejected, went back to heaven. But he told his disciples then, and he tells you again today, I will never leave you alone, I'll never forsake you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be, he's going to be a friend to you. He's going to be your coach, he's going to be your guide. And one of the things a coach does is he, he confronts he, he challenges us. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't just watch from afar and go, ooh, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Armchair coaches. But a real coach, a real coach says, hey, bro, try this. Don't do that. And the Holy Spirit will convict you every day of your life. I, I believe this, and this is kind of weird, maybe not, but I believe when I wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit's standing there waiting for me. He's ready. Let's do this, man. Let's do this. And I have the choice to either acknowledge him and listen through the day, or I can not acknowledge him and do it my way until I mess up, and then he comes in and convicts me, right? You got me? Some of you know the storyline. All we have to do is say, yes, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? And then where we go, whether it's to school or whether it's to uh, work or it's in the home or it's in the community, we go and we know the Holy Spirit's there. He's guiding us and coaching us and speaking to us. He's convicting us. And some of the top things that he does, some of the top things he does as he brings us progressively through this journey of being all in with God, number one is that he, he changes our appetites, our appetites. Prior to Christ, my appetites were all about me, Right? They, they fed my flesh. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to smell good. I wanted to look good. I mean, I still do. Don't get me wrong. But he changed my appetite. You know you do too. Stop it. But he changes our appetites. Some of the things that, I'll tell you, I chased, and this is, this is so many of your stories, I chased things that numb me from the reality of my terrible life. That's, that's what I did. Of the pain of my past, of the hurt and the shame, I chased Things that numb me from the reality of those things. My appetites were all about numb me. And the Holy Spirit changes that systematically, progressively. He changes our appetites. The second thing he does, and it ties right in, is he transforms us from being selfish to selfless. Selfish says it's all about me, right? Selfless is Christ-like. It's all about them. It's all about the people in our lives. You know, I, I live to serve my wife. My life is laid down to serve my wife, my family, my best friends, my relationships, my church, my God. I wasn't always that way because it was all about me. Matter of fact, a lot of the complaints I had about my wife early on and even other relationships prior were about them if they would just change, right? Right? Some of your marriages are a mess because you're selfish. Oh, but that's the truth. Because all you see is that your spouse needs to change. They need to change. When in fact, if you'll wake up and say, all right, Holy Spirit, let's don't worry about spouse today. Let's talk about me. What about me? The Holy Spirit leads us to go from selfish to selfless so that we can serve others. And the last thing is the Holy Spirit will change your motives. You know, God's motives are pure. You believe that? 
Hanging around the Holy Spirit, hanging around God changes our motives and it, and it purges our motives of pollutants that cause us to have corruption in our hearts, dark spots in our lives. Now, the reason those are there is because of the hurt and pain from the past. I can tell you this, I am so much like my dad in so many ways and I didn't want to be, I said I wouldn't be, but I am. And a lot of that's because he was like his dad and there's pollutants, there's corruption that just trickles down through the generations. And, and, and then the people I was around growing up and the people that ex, I was exposed to and there's so many motives in me, so much pollutant in the Holy Spirit. By hanging around the Holy Spirit, he purges us of those motives. You know, I, I, I like, like to call it displacement because the more I put the word in and the Holy Spirit leads me to put the word of God in, the truth in, the more it displaces the pollution out the other side. So my brain is just like a conveyor belt, just truth in, pollution out. That's what hanging around the Holy Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit brings to the table and so much more. But what it does is helps us to be all in with God. It helps us to, to, to not have to decide, am I going to do this? Am I going to obey? It helps us to definitively say, yes, my Lord. Yes, Jesus, I will do what you say. Now, you don't have to. We don't have to. We have choice. God left it that way. It is God's best. But so often people don't. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible about a guy who came to Jesus one day, and he was a very, very, he was a church man. I mean, if he were here today, he might go to Northwood Church, you know. <laughs> but he came to Jesus one day, and Mark 10, it says Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, and a man came running up to him. He knelt down, showed some respect, some honor, you know, Pastor Jesus. And he asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to be all in, right? What a good question. And of course, Jesus responded with the, the stuff that everybody knew. You know, I mean, you got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You got you to gotta obey God. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. You know, bear with false witness. You know, obey the commandments, basically. Oh, oh, oh. And Jesus, knowing his heart, and Jesus, knowing your heart. Oh, and, and go and sell your possessions. And give it to the poor and come follow me. Then you will have eternal life. Oh, you want to go all in? Get rid of anything that competes with Jesus. Give it all away and come and follow me. Come and be all in. And the Bible says that the, the young man hung his head and walked away because he was very wealthy. In other words, he had everything he needed. Why would he need Jesus? Why would he need that? Plus, he was a religious man. Man, he hardly missed church. Sunday school record was check marks. He walked away. In the book of Revelation, Jesus calls that lukewarm. Not all in, not all out, but somewhere in the middle. I'm scared to think of, of where we are today. I, I, I don't want to be lukewarm. I, I'm not all out. You're not all out. You're here today. I, I want to be all in. I want to be all in. I want Jesus to be my, my savior, and he is. I want him to be my Lord, my master. I want to be all in, but it takes leaning into the Holy Spirit and obeying God. Remember, Jesus said you have to take up your cross 
and follow me. You know, there's a couple of things that, that, that God does that tests the idea of being all in for believers. Maybe, just humor me here, maybe if Jesus were here today and you, you ran up to him, you know, we're young, right? You ran up to him and you said, Lord, what must I do to be all in? I'm not sure that for some of us he wouldn't say, you know what? You need to get baptized. Baptism is such an odd thing. It's, it's not like go to Wendy's and get a burger. It's odd to us. Getting dunked in water. How appropriate that God would use a tool like this to test whether or not we're all in. Simple, doable, right? Yet so many choose not to. Many have, I know, but there's some that haven't. It's a test. That's why every month at Northwood, we, we give opportunity for people to go all in with God and take their next step in their progressive journey in water baptism. For some of you, you know, he might say, he might say, okay, you want to go all in? I want you to start tithing 10% of your income. Such a test. Yes, Lord, I'm all in. Like Peter, I'll die with you. No, you're going to deny me. And oftentimes we deny Christ by not following. For others of you, it may be stepping into a calling or, or, or walking in a way that you, know, that, that you know God has intended for you to walk all of your life, but you, you've, you've walked away from that. You've said, no, I'll wait till I retire. And God's saying, no, for you, I want you to step in today. I believe there's something for all of us. You know, as a church, we say that everybody has a next step. It fits perfectly into the narrative that everybody can go all in in another step, another way. What is your next step with going all in with God? That's what the Holy Spirit's going to highlight. That's what the Holy Spirit's talking to you about today, even now. And he's saying, come on. We don't want to do anything else today but that, right? That's it's what he's, he's focused on, is going all in. Jesus prayed for us in John 17. He said, I pray that they will be they will all be one, just as you and I are one. He's praying to the Father. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. As you are in me and I am in you, we're one. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Jesus prayed that we would be all in. In another passage of scripture, he said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If I'm in you and you're in me, you're going to produce much fruit. God's desire is that we're all in. Amen? Amen. Come on, I want to pray that. I want to pray that today and give an opportunity for people to get all in. And there's different, different people in the room today. Some of, you, some of you, it is that next step that God wants you to take, that next step of obedience in your progressive journey. And the Holy Spirit, maybe he's been convicting you about these things and you've just said no or you've, you've avoided it, you've tried to escape from it. And here today, he's got you back against the wall again in a loving way, saying, hey, bro, it's time to take that next step. And some of you are here today and your next step is just saying yes to Jesus. Just saying yes to Jesus. So Father, I'm praying for me and praying for us today over these two areas. God, if it's, if it's a next step that we need to take, if there's something you've been convicting us about, God, we're asking today that you wouldn't go away. You wouldn't leave us alone. 
God, we're committing today to taking that next step. God, if there is no pressure, if there's no conviction of the Holy Spirit, I'm praying that Holy Spirit, that would begin in my life and in our life today. Come on, all over the room, you might be bold enough to say, Holy Spirit, would you convict me today where I need to take my next step? Oh, and he will. And then there are those here today that have never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you did a long, long time ago and over the course of time you've, you've slipped away, you've walked away and you're so far from him today and yet he's here now and he's saying, I love you and I want to save you and I want to make you a new creation and give you hope. Now here's what I want to do and, and, and nobody's looking around right now. It's just you and Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. But if, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus and take your first best step with him today and to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with you right where you are. A simple prayer of faith. But I want to give you the opportunity to respond to God, to your God, and to acknowledge him today. And so if that's you and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to do that. My heart is right. I'm seeking God. And that's what I want to do. I want to say yes to Jesus today. All I'm going to ask you to do is right where you're sitting is slip your hand up and put it right back down to acknowledge your God. Come on, all over the room. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Yes, I see the hand here in the middle. Somebody else. Pastor, that's me. I want to be a part of that prayer. I'm ready to go all in with God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand on the side. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Maybe online, you're watching today. You're saying yes. Yes to Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together. It's a simple prayer. Um, it's not a bunch of fancy words, really. It's just a cry of our heart. And so we want to do that together. And I want you to see it with your eyes. I want you to hear it with your ears as you say this out of your mouth. And so those of you that raise your hand particularly, but everybody else is going to help out. I want you to look at the screens today. I want you to look at the screens today. And we're going to pray this prayer together. Can we do that? Let's say it together. God, I need you. I'm tired of doing things my way. Help me to start doing things your way. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I commit to live my life for you. I repent of my sins. Right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Fill the emptiness in me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to trust you. Help me to love you. Help me to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody, real quick, yes. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.